0: Hey everyone, you're listening to Pistons and Prosecco, a podcast dedicated to showcasing awesome wedding vendors and providing a behind the scenes look at the wedding industry. I'm your host, Bryce Bjornsson, owner of Jack's 47 Mobile Bar. We create a better experience for your guests by serving delicious drinks on draft with style. Today we have Kim Reese of Fetching Fox. Kim, you started out as a baker, now you're doing weddings. I love it. I love the transition and the pivot. Um, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast.
1: I'm excited. I'm excited to get to chat, and I'm excited to be here. That's awesome. Thanks for having me.
0: Well <laughs> We connected on Instagram, which I find to be more of a networking app than a social media app. Uh, it's a great way to find vendors that are cool and you know get a sense of their vibe just from their feed. Uh, it's easy to connect through the messaging app. It's easy to engage, you know, and see what they, you know, comment on their pictures. And I've just found it very useful in connecting with folks. And uh, I forgot who, who reached out to who, but, um, but we connected on that. And you're down in Charleston. And as everyone knows, you know, we, uh, we also cater to the Charleston market at the moment and working on doing some weddings down there. So always excited to connect with other cool vendors that we might vibe with because that's a big thing in this wedding industry. Um, Kim, uh, I want to know, how did you, let's, let's talk about the transition. Let's just jump right in. You, you said you were, you started a bake shop, right? So you had a, but it was a delivery only. It wasn't a brick and mortar.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And you started that how many years ago?
1: Uh, we're into this about three years. Uh, we did start as a small boutique, uh, bakery. Um, And then, you know, found it exorbitantly expensive, especially in the Mount Pleasant, Charleston area to open a brick and mortar. Uh, I'm a little risk averse, (laughs) not a great trait for an entrepreneur, but I am a little risk averse and a little short on cash. So we ended up just saying, you know what? We can't wait for the stars aligned and everything to be perfect we're just going to open. We're just opening. And it's my best advice to any new vendor is you just, you can't wait for everything to be perfect, everything to be in line, everything to be just the way you want it. You just have to, you know, accept a starting place. And, you know, you take one step and then you take the next step. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start to unravel and and see where things go. Um, so we started with just an e-commerce bakery, uh, made a bunch of, um, amazing products, put them online. And I thought, nobody's going to find this. Nobody's going to, you know, jump in. I mean, the first day I launched it, I had calls like the first day I was like, wow, this is working. <laughs> this is working. People are wow. finding me. People are here, And people were willing to give it a chance. They were like, yeah, yeah. Deliver to my door, which is a bizarre uh, concept. Not right now because of the COVID now everybody's, you know, hopped on the delivery thing. But at the time that we started it, nobody was delivering to your door. Um, and it's a little risky. You know, you're not really looking at the the person who's creating the work. They don't know anything about what's happening. I even think it's a little risky when you're placing the order. It's like, you know, you're placing this order into air. And then you have to trust that it's just going to show up when you ask to show up and be amazing. But uh, people did take a chance on it. And we started like that. And we grew uh, the business. But I, I found out pretty quickly that, um, you know, it was it was really exhausting to be open like 24 seven basically. And mm-hmm. um, so we started to um, when I say we, it's my daughter and I that own the business. She runs like the business side and I do the, the culinary side. Um, you know, we started to really put our heads together and say, we think we really want to pivot into the wedding market in uh, Charleston because uh, I got into this because I feel like I have something to say artistically. I feel like you have something to say with the truck mm-hmm. um, That's why when I saw your stuff on Instagram, I was like, ooh, this, you know, this is really cool, this, this truck, you know, cocktail thing, because it's not the same old, same old. And I, uh, I have an art degree, I've worked 25 years as an artist. And uh, I have a culinary degree. And I just found like I would overlap those two careers, um, the entire time I was doing them. And I just decided to like push into more of the culinary instead of the art and, um, you know, I have something to say artistically with the work that I do, um, which sets me apart a little bit. And I thought there would be people out there that would buy into that and, and appreciate that and, you know, sort of like follow me. And that is in fact what happened. So in terms of getting into the wedding industry, same concept, we felt, we felt like we had something to say, you know, for sure. And there would be couples out there there would be um, discerning customers that w- were interested in in our voice in our artistic voice essentially, and it, again, you could appreciate this with the truck. there's just certain people that are gonna take a look at the truck and say uh yeah this I don't you know I don't care what this costs like I gotta have this at my event because this is sexy, it's cool, like I want it, <laughs> you know they're just looking for a certain atmosphere, you know, and it, it takes those separate pieces to create a cool event like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I love that you made the comment on the artistic expression and mm. putting yourself out there in that way, because uh, that that's kind of how I look at it as well. Like, I'm not an artist, but I, I'm particular about the things that I surround myself with. Yes. And I think yeah. that's kind of where my, uh, yeah, creativity shows is like, you know, I, I looked at the trucks and designed the system and chose the tap handles. And, you know, it's more that curation that was my Exactly. Expression. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of what you're doing with catering and baking, right? Is you're exactly. you're curating these these I don't know yeah these foods, right? And you're do, putting your spin on it right. and presenting that to the world and to your your clients and customers. Um, exactly. exactly. And so, so the, the catering side is is new. Is that right? So this is a, that's the new venture.
1: Um, it is in, it's not new for me. I've been doing it more than 25 years, but it's definitely new for the Charleston area. I would definitely say I'm a, a, a new vendor. I this July marks one year that I've been working in the, the Charleston area, and of course, in the time of that that year, um, you know, we were experiencing this global <laughs> pandemic, which yeah. is just like, what what is going on here? <laughs> right when we were, I mean, we were booked. Uh, with multiple jobs from April through September when the, um, the pandemic hit. And uh, we were just like, what? Like everybody else. Uh, it was just at that turning point where we were starting to like book, 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 book. You know, it was that tipping point in a business where all of a sudden enough people started referring and found out about us. Yeah. But um, it's okay. We're we're all staying afloat. <laughs> we're looking forward to sunnier, sunnier days.
0: Oh yeah, I think we all are. <laughs> so, so let's see. So the are you still doing the baking delivery side of things? The the uh, big good. I work? am.
1: Yes, I am. Um I That's have this Go ahead. I have this uh dream to have a four prong part of my business. The first one is Fetching Fox, the bake shop, which um you know, would eventually be a brick and mortar where people could come in on a Saturday and pick up their their scones and their cinnamon buns and their crumb buns and all that. I have the fetching weddings, which takes us out and allows us to, you know, work in the the event industry in the Charleston area. I have the next thing that I'm just about to pull the trigger on is fetching flowers. Um, We we like to be able to style and design an entire event from start to finish. We're capable of doing that. Sometimes we're hired just to, uh, cater, you know, we just roll in and we cater and that's amazing. But sometimes because we do like to specialize in smaller events, we're not all that interested in doing like the mega 200 person, you know, thing out in the plantation. I, I, Mm -hmm. for the type of work that I do, Um, I'd really prefer like a smaller, more intimate event because it allows me to really partner with the, the, the customer and really work with them hand in hand. And I, I, like that experience. It allows me to be more artistic, uh, when the numbers are smaller. So, uh, because of that, we can, if we do the smaller events, we can handle all the styling and all the floral work, um, And then eventually, um, going back to my art degree, we would like to add fashion designs um, and create a line of like paper goods and original, you know, paper products that have Mm. uh, interesting, you know, um, imagery on them. I have a middle child who is an artist and I can hire her to do a lot of the artistic, you know, illustration work. But I have cool ideas for like printed, you know, party wear type of thing. So lots of plans, you know, we're, we're getting there. We're halfway there. We're just about to pull the plug on the fetching flowers and get it, you know, a wholesale,
0: you you know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) but I'm sure you're, you're at the same way where you're like, Hmm, I got one truck. Now I got to get another truck. Now I got a cool idea for this truck. (laughs) You know, it's easy when you start getting to going to start having those ideas like, okay, now what can I do now? (laughs) Well,
0: also there's that challenge with, smaller events becoming more popular and all of us having our own minimums and that changing the per guest cost for our clients. Right. So when you're doing 200 people with one truck, it's a lot different. The economics are a lot different if you're doing 40 people for one truck. That's right. And, you know, we're still booking smaller weddings. Like it's still working for people, but I've also noticed that there's almost a need to kind of consolidate some of the vendor categories for smaller weddings because everyone needs to make their certain amount of money per day as a vendor. And so you can't just cut it in half. If the guest yeah, count exactly. is cut in half, you can't just cut your prices in half. I mean, yeah, it's going to be less expensive because there's less material, right? Like I served yeah. less beer right. at a 40 person wedding compared to 200, but the truck is still there. There's fixed costs. Yeah. The fixed costs. Yeah. Yeah. So that's,
1: I, that's exactly right. And you know, honestly to be totally transparent as a, as a young event, uh, you know, vendor, and not being all that great with business and numbers, you know, I've gotten caught in that where we've had, a, you know, 80 people, and then it got reduced to 60. And the way I priced it sort of, you know, cut my, my profit a little bit. And, you know, you learn quickly, that's part of the, you know, the the learning curve where you just go and uh, I needed to build that in a little tighter, because if the numbers do go down and in this case, they're going down, you know, A lot, uh, but just in a regular event at, at regular times, you know, sometimes people think they're going to have 80 and, you know, they end up having 60, let's say, and that's that's a big The big difference because it caught co- there's a fixed cost just to get out there, set up design the menu, you know, bring the truck, same thing. And, and then there's, you know, the actual service, but there is a a fixed cost. So yeah, that part's a little tricky to, to figure out. But, um, the other thing I would, I'm interested in doing, like I wouldn't mind doing larger events, 200 events, but just then specialize in just pastry, like just do a pastry table for a 200. I don't want to do, you know, the big events and do all of the stuff I, you know, uh, I, my hand needs to be in too much of it to to handle like that many people.
0: Yeah. Well, staffing is such a big issue. You know, I have a hard time finding good quality people that are willing to work on a Saturday night. You know, that's a hard, I mean, Asheville is a small town. We don't have a ton of folks that actually live here. Um, and I think that that's the case for all of us because we don't most of our work happens on a friday saturday or sunday um and so we can't and it's seasonal too i mean you guys you know you have a lull in the heat of the summer as do we like we we have very few events in july um and we also have a big lull in the winter from december to march so you know it's hard to find full-time people or people that uh, are reliable for this. So I guess my point is that if you were to do a big if yeah, you were to do everything for a big event, you would need a lot of people on staff.
1: Yeah. And, and that, you have a lot less control over that. And yeah. I, with the type of work that I do, it's it's so specialized that I I really need to be able to control and see everything that's happening. Um it, it's too vast a process to to have that. But it is hard. I mean the one joyful thing about what what you do and what I do, I think anyway, and um, Is you know, you're part of people's celebrations and yeah, you have to work on a Saturday night, but it's fun as hell. (laughs) Like people are people are typically in a great mood, (laughs) like when they get to your event, because now they're at a party or they're at a wedding or like something fun. So you're always dealing with people who are on the up. You know, they're not you typically don't have a grouchy customer when you're (laughs) having an event. So yeah, you gotta work, but I feel like it's it's fun as hell to be around you know live music and people that are dancing and kicking it up and having a good time i mean there's a lot like <laughs> you know that you could be working in the the kitchen somewhere of a restaurant and, and like on a saturday night and that's a lot worse at least you're out you know watching people have a good time kind of you know and most people really engage i would think the uh the bartenders too so for you guys it's even especially fun because people are used to engaging you know bar
0: uh-huh. uh huh
1: you know oh, i like have to. yeah that.
0: we're giving them free free alcohol
1: yeah 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 they're they're happy to see you there, so it that's an upside to it um, yeah. but it is hard it is hard to find good people that's that's the name of the game in any business though right definitely Your well, let's
0: let's go back to charleston um how long have you lived in charleston for?
1: um I am a Northeastern transplant about eight years ago, so i'm from I was born in Brooklyn. Um, I didn't really grow up there, uh, but my family is from there, so I have a heavy influence from New York. Um, but I grew up as a Jersey girl, mm-hmm. uh, definitely part of my personality. I'm type A, I'm super aggressive, I'm very straightforward. Uh, I'm a tiny little thing. I'm about five foot <laughs> just barely, but I'm a force to be reckoned with because I'm fast i'm uh, I work like a dog. like most people are like, what? <laughs> from this tiny little creature um, <laughs> and you know, my favorite word is fucked for sure. Like I'm always like, what the fuck? Like I'm so like Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> like, I love that guy. Cause he was like, you gotta fucking try this. You know, it's yeah. funny to me. Like all that stuff is really funny. Um, so I'm definitely my actual work that I produce and we, we had so much trouble with this. My daughter is the copywriter um, for my website and best money ever spent, best amount of time ever spent was on that website because it sells me all the time. Even when I'm sleeping, it's selling. <laughs> but um, we had the hardest time in the beginning because she was like, your product, what you produce is charming. And it's there's times where it's really clever and whimsical and it could be pretty, it could be feminine or it can be masculine in like a cool, like sexy, swanky way. She's mm-hmm. like, but – that is in contrast to your personality. It's like the stuff that the people see and you are two different things. And it was hard to like generate a website that um could handle like the two dichotomies of like this often very charming and whimsical work with this really gruff, you know, like person on the in the back behind making it all. Yeah. So it's kind of a, yeah. it's sort of funny behind the scenes.
0: <laughs> the whole the whole idea of Branding as a kind of solo entrepreneur can be difficult because uh, it, it feels very personal. It's not like you're developing branding yeah. for a small company. It's like you're developing branding for your company, which you're yeah. the CEO, CFO yes, you know, all that. Yep. So I think that's that can be really difficult to to nail down. In the beginning of the of my marketing and branding with with my business, I was very much, like going, doing what everyone else does in a way by saying, using phrases like, uh, you know, "Congratulations on your engagement," you know, and all that kind of this the same stuff that everyone has on their website who's part of the wedding industry, and uh, and I quickly realized like, oh, like yeah, it's nice to say congratulations, but. But also
1: you like do that. Yeah. You wouldn't necessarily have that first thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's just, yeah, I guess it's more about infusing your own voice into it yeah. and that's a practice. Uh, that's why copywriters are so valuable is because they, they have developed either their voice or understand how to transpose Yes. the voice from an individual onto a website in the form of copy. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I, I just think it's a great skill to have because that's how you differentiate. I, t- I talked to a yes, lot of people absolutely. about this, is that you, uh, you know, you, if you stand out, it, you'll get someone's attention and that's how you get hired. If you blend right. in with everyone else and you look just like the next baker or the next wedding planner or whatever, yeah they're just gonna choose whoever is cheapest right? like they're, yeah, they're gonna, honestly, you know, who they know like. you
1: have to be comfortable with that because yeah you know if you are really in touch with who you are um, as your whole brand, you're not gonna appeal to everybody. like what you have to offer isn't for everybody and what you really want to do with your copywriting is attract the correct customer to you um because somebody is going to fall in love with you know what you're offering because it just it meets their aesthetic you know and that's who you want that's who you want to drive in i mean we can't be everything for everybody um exactly and that is something that you have to learn as a new business owner cuz you think like oh my god i need as much business as possible but i disagree we need the right business because we need the right partnership we need the right fit for what we're doing and it's it's a little bit hard to get past that thought of turning some business away. But we we learned that pretty early on. People would call me in the beginning to do like those over the top cakes with all the fondant and all like the, you know, like children's birthday cakes that were rainbow colored with the sprinkles and all. Totally not my aesthetic because I'm totally into flavor. And when you start putting all of that stuff on the cakes, um, they don't taste very good. I mean, they look kind of magical, but they're not fun to eat. Um, They're not like enjoyable in terms of a culinary experience. And for me, you know, I, am more flavor forward. Like the, it's gotta be beautiful, but it's gotta be good as hell. Like it just, you know, the flavor has to be there. Um, and the minute you start compromising that, you know, uh, for the look of it, it it just wasn't for me. So I had to own that and, you know, turn people away, turn business away at a time when I needed the business for sure. But I had to kind of say, you know, I, I need to be, you know, Thoughtful about the customer base that I'm building uh, instead of just taking any and everybody, because you end up, you know, having to turn that around anyway down the line. So you need to be smart in the beginning to say, you know what, we're we're just not a great fit for each other. But you know, there's a lot of other vendors out there. Go, you know, find find that that baker that wants to do all the little like <laughs> fondant teddy bears and the the polka dots and <laughs> you know all yeah. that.
0: Well, that's a that's a good point. It it brings up for me the idea of burning out because you're working yeah. with people that you don't want to. Right. Exactly. So, and, and if they don't really fire. like you, they just need someone to fill a role and then, you know, yeah. are they going to be really happy? So, uh, I, I, think a lot about that. Like we, yeah. Cause as, as I, as you said in the beginning, it's hard to turn away business, but that's kind of when you need to, because that's yeah. how you, that's what you're creating. Um, yeah. uh, like you, yeah, it's tough, but, I, I remember getting calls for just bartending services and I quickly in the beginning was like, Oh, we're not like we're more we're not than a that." staffing company yeah. We're this is a mobile bar business. So it's kind of easy for me to, to turn away some of those. Um, but I've, I've definitely had conversations with people that at the end I'm like, I don't think you really care about the bar. So why are we even talking? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's so true. You could so appreciate this. This is why when we connected, I was like, Oh, I know we're, we're really going to, have a lot to talk about because, you know, I, again, I tell you, I have a background in art. Uh, I've been working as an artist, um, for over 20 years and I really feel like I don't, I do want to feed people. That's one of the purposes of my job. But for me, I don't ever want to be, I don't have any set menus. My life would be easy if I had set menus. Like, you know, people would call me, I'd, you know, send them the, the whole Dock with all the menus and the prices and my life would be so easy, but I would be so uninspired by that, that I wouldn't want to do this at all. Um, mm-hmm. cause this, this food and these events are my medium. They're my, they're my muse. They're the thing that drives me to, um, show up and do the job is, each one of them is basically an artistic, you know, challenge or enterprise. And then, you know, it's when it's done, it's done. And then nobody else has an event like that. Then the next event comes up. And, you know, then I, I creatively problem solve for that person and and go there. Um, And essentially, we're, you know, we're pretty passionate about our brand and what we're offering people. And then when clients come to you and they're like, Oh, I just need a bartender. You're like, Oh, we're not, we're not that. <laughs> like, you know, I'm in love with these, these polls that I like found and I put on my truck. Cause they're like as cool as hell and you got to appreciate them. Like if you're not on the same page with me, like feeling this whole thing that I got going on here, I'm not for you. Cause uh, you know, you're, you have a passion for it because you yourself want to attend an event where you feel you know, inspired by what's out there for you to enjoy. I mean, I truly believe that culinary work, uh, and this falls into drinks as well. Um, and the, you know, mixology and, you know, beautiful bar, all of that plays into a person's emotions and their, their feelings. And we're really in the memory making business. I mean, I cannot tell you the number of times that I've had parties for my own family. Um, that people are still talking about it a year from then. Like that was the best Christmas party I've ever been to. That was the most amazing, you know, uh, party that I've been to in like the last five years. Those experiences stay with people and they have to do with what you're bringing to the table. You know, you can roll in a bar service, you know, they're gonna tablecloth it and they're gonna have somebody competent standing there mixing your drink and handing it to you, but it's not gonna be memorable. You roll in with your truck, I roll in with my stuff, and it leaves an impression with people that stays with them for a while, because it's discerning, it's different, it's, it taps into uh, a part of them that's created like an emotional response, and that's really what we're interested in, (laughs) we're not interested in just, you know, giving people drinks or feeding people food, like, you know, anybody can do that, Um, the minute it becomes that, I'm out. I'm completely, I'm like, sorry, I'm bored with this job. I'm out. <laughs> like, uh, And I, I wish I wasn't like that because I'd be making a whole lot more money. But <laughs> but I am who I am. I can't help myself.
0: Yeah. And you just, as I said, I think it's a better time for everyone when the clients are very excited about what you have to offer rather than just being filling fill a role. And yeah. uh, out of all this, the reschedules and everything we had, we only had one request for cancellation and it was a celebration of life it wasn't even a wedding so all my weddings rescheduled they were like we want we still want you Bryce we want the truck we're just moving our wedding back you know three months or a year or whatever and they all transferred over you know and I think I heard from a lot of other vendors that that, you know we had all these cancellations or requests for cancellations because they were just perhaps filling a role you know it wasn't that, that that vendor was hunted down by the client it was more so just oh we need a a caterer or a florist or whatever right. rather than it being like, Oh, I love that work. And I want, I really want that, you know? So I just think it's more exciting when that's the case rather than right. people just the right, right. those.
1: Because really in the end, like people, when customers come to me, the first thing that I do is I set up an interview. I want to know about them. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about you. Tell me about you. Who's the person that you're, you're, you're marrying or, you know, what's the event for, tell me a little bit about your life. What's your background? What do you do for a living? You know, where do you shop? What, like, what, what are some things you love? Like I spent a long time just trying to get to know them as a person. And then my job is to take this thing that they want and tidy it up, repackage it. And I shoot it back out to them, all gifted up and say, this is what I think would be amazing for you. Now that I've gotten to know you and what you want and what you're looking for. This is what I think would be amazing for your event this is what it should look like uh you know and part of my job is to get that right on the money <laughs> you know i get it real close like there's always like a couple little tweaks but i i can get it really close and by just like using a lot of psychology and a lot of experience working with people um uh, but i mean part of that is once that happens and they're like yeah i love it i agreed it now i become a partner with them this is their event. This is their memory that they're building, they're making. And now I'm a partner. I, I want to work with them till the end to make sure that they have their dreams come true, whatever that's going to be. And it kind of goes to what you're saying. When, when you create that relationship with a customer, they're not quick to get, you know, to move past you because... Now you're working together and they're like, well, I need you. you know, like, like you're the person I wanted. I don't, I don't want to just like say like, Oh, that's too bad. You can't do it. I'll find another one. Because in, in effect, if we're doing our job, right, you can't replace us. There's nobody else doing what we're doing, providing the service that we're providing. Um, I mean, there's other good, talented people out there, but you know, once that relationship is created, it's hard to be replaced. If you will. yeah, And
0: it's the vibe, it's the special touch. It's the artistic mm. expression. You know, or just the choices made like I I don't do mixed drinks normal. I mean, we booked over 115 events since we started and only two of those clients said they really absolutely needed a mixed drink bar. Everyone else was like, oh, you do signature cocktails on draft. Great. We'll do that. That's that sounds, you know, awesome.
1: That's yeah. You know, <laughs> I like tell
0: it to them, too. I say, hey, like, have you ever been to a wedding where you sat in line for 20 minutes and then you got a mediocre mixed drink that wasn't prepared right because the bartender was so flushed you know and they're like yeah and i'm like that's why we don't do it because it doesn't make sense (laughs) you
1: know yeah yeah yeah. i
0: mean if you have three bars yeah having one of them be a mixed drink bar great that's there's not a problem with the mixed drink bar but when that's the only bar and you have 150 people going to the mix the bar to get a mixed drink you have a backup of lines you have the um yeah, the uh, the mediocre potential uh, potential <laughs> if it's not prepared correctly, and so uh, for me, it's something it's uh, it's something that I'm not doing. That's yeah. a reason why someone's choosing me. So yeah,
1: exactly, you know. exactly. Yeah, I mean, from a culinary standpoint, like I love I love wines. Like I I could be into like a whole wine thing and a whole champagne thing. Champagne, my favorite thing. I love great cocktails, gorgeous, sexy cocktails. I love going to like a brewery and getting amazing like artisan beers. Uh, anything that's been, you know, crafted and has been curated to be like a cool collection of beverages. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really care if it's cocktails or, or wines or, you know, beer or, you know, the hard ciders or the cells, as you know, as long as it's like well done, it's, it's a cool experience. It's enjoyable. So it, I, I think it's a lot better to, you know, reduce it down to like six or eight great choices or, you know, whatever you do that um, mm-hmm. makes it easier for people to enjoy it, you know, to, you know, less, is more. <laughs> less oh, yeah. is
0: more. Oh yeah. I remember there was a fad of like those, big beer bars where you had uh you know 200 choices and i'm like i don't want 200 choices like yeah. I want five choices or ten, not you know, not a million. So I, I agree, less is more. To get that paralysis analysis, where right, where you yeah. uh, can't make a decision because there's too many options. Yeah, so. and then,
1: then you're not engaged. Then you're then, then you're not even enjoying yourself because you're so busy trying to make the right choice. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like that that took 15 minutes before you ordered. You could have been <laughs> drinking. And you had one down already. <laughs>
0: exactly. Well, sp- speaking of beverages, <laughs> what's your uh, favorite beverage to be sipping on these days?
1: Gosh, like I said, like I I love and have total respect for like real mixology. Um I mean, I'm a big bourbon drinker. If I'm gonna go with a cocktail, like I love bourbon, I love beautiful gins, um, I like vodka, like um, I just I, I like the experience. Again, like I'm very emotionally attached to eating and drinking as an experience. So I'm going to have a cocktail like it matters to me with the ices and with the glasses, (laughs) like the garnish. And I want to know like the beautiful bottle of Woodford, you know, or or that type of thing. Um, If, you know, I'm going to go with beer, then I want to sit there and like try it and like go, oh, I love the flavor profile of this. Like, let me try this one. And it's it's just a lot of fun. You know, it's just fun trying the different things. I mean, this summer I've been into doing like a lot of the hard seltzers. Um, I think they're kind of fun. They're, you know, they're quick to throw back and not heavy on the alcohol. Um, I mean, given, given a choice, like I love a... Um, a Prosecco or a champagne for sure. Like that's that's a go-to for me. <laughs> like even if I have it every day, I still feel special if I have a champagne <laughs> in a great glass, you know, <laughs> like still pulling out the water for it around my house. <laughs> love it. And I have this and it's going to go in that glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I, you know, I love a drink. I'm certainly a big, big cocktail drinker, um, mm. big drinker in general. Like I, I just like the whole culinary piece of that. Uh, it's not what I specialize in. So I do like really enjoy (laughs) if I go to a place and there's a cool, cool setup.
0: (laughs) So in Charleston, do you have any favorite bars or breweries that you could call off off the top of your head?
1: Um, I only recently started going to some breweries and I can't say that there's one that I haven't liked. I mean, they're all like really cool. Um,
0: I really like Rebelry's, uh rooftop.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, like, I like that type of thing. Again, I'm big on atmosphere. Um, even if the atmosphere is super casual. Like, I love some of the brewery atmosphere. It's like the garage doors roll up, and, you know, they got the, the leather couches in there, and they got, like... <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the fun music on, like I dig that. Um, but, you know, I go there with a, with jeans on and a T-shirt and that's like flip-flop and hanging out for the afternoon on a, a Saturday afternoon. It's, it's hot and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, Saturday night is getting dressed up a little bit and going to downtown Charleston and sitting at like a swanky bar, you know, something that's got some real presence and some atmosphere because I want to go to something like that and sort of forget. You know, I, I want to detach from my life and become immersed in that. So the environment's really important to me because I need to escape. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't want to just go to, like, any bar. I like to go to, you know, a really beautiful bar. Mm-hmm. I do like a wine bar. I just recently went to Vintage downtown, and I thought that was super pretty. Really sharp environment. I'm, I'm a big outdoor rooftop kind of person, so I'm always going to gravitate towards anything that has, like, outdoor rooftop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but there, I mean, there's certainly a lot of beautiful bars and choices in Charleston. That's for sure. Um, we'll
0: we'll have to meet up next time I'm down there and um, go check out some spots. Yeah. I just think Charleston, you know,
1: and now there's like a, there's a new one all the time. (laughs) It's hard to keep up in Charleston. There's always something new. I mean, things have slowed down obviously because of the pandemic, but uh, in normal circumstances, there's always something new and cool around the corner.
0: Yeah, that's a. There's a lot of uh, the food and bev scene down there is just uh, to die for. I think it's they, the the culture is very exciting that they've created. You know, with like there's a lot of restaurants that embrace that southern, um, southern food traditions and history, but have like a modern spin on it. So it's not just shrimp and grits. It's like I don't know something different. But you know, they they elevate it, but they still kind of maintain that. Culinary history, which I think is really cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm always searching for that spot that's got that boutique thing going on. Um, you know, I, because I'm artistic, I need to constantly like fill that all the time, all the time. Um, so I'm always looking for that place that really put that extra effort into, again, using your truck as an example. Like, I'm going to, I personally, I'm going to notice the pulls. I'm going to notice the glasses. I'm going to notice the wood, you know, that you choose for like, you know, your, the, mm-hmm. your ledge. Uh, I'm going to pay attention to the hardware that you choose. Like, I just pay attention to those details. I feel like the, to me, the world went and got in a big hurry and everything became mediocre. Everything. Mm-hmm. And people have become desensitized to special like everything is just very average in my opinion so in my business i'm and when i am a consumer i'm looking for people who rise above that and are not looking i'm who are not interested in average they're Mm -hmm. interested in unique and details and um you know right down to like the napkins and the silver i mean i pay attention to all of those choices those were all a choice somebody had to make putting that place together, um, to create an overall experience. And I think it matters because, you know, a lot of what's out there is just kind of like, eh. And I'll tell you what, the price point for all those places are the same. Mm -hmm. I find that, you know, in order to stay afloat, even the average places have to charge a a good buck. But if I'm going to spend $14 on an appetizer or a glass of wine, um, I'd rather do it in a, an amazing place. And feel the entire thing than just, you know, get my, my one thing, you know, so I'm, I'm willing to pay the money to have the whole, the whole, you know, experience with all the details. Um, so I, I would say that there's a cool vibe down in Charleston, but not everybody's doing it right. There's a, there's a mix, but you know, um, I definitely love the amount of choices we have where it's that mom and pop, you know, somebody's vision. It's not a big restaurant group. In some cases there are some restaurant groups, but mm-hmm. a lot of the places are people like you and I that just had something to say, you know, with our product and had a, had a vision, knew what we liked, knew, knew what created an uh, an awesome experience for a person and, and want to deliver it. So a lot of the, the really cool places I feel like are, are sort of mom and pop owned.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And no, I'm, as I said, I'm looking forward to I'm always looking forward to going down there because there are a lot of options. Right. Uh, you guys are Charleston, pretty uh, a bit bigger than Asheville. You know, we kind of have our downtown and West Asheville, and that's kind of it. I mean, we have a lot of surrounding towns, but uh, Asheville just in itself is is not that not that big. So. Uh, but we've had some cool restaurants moved in. The the scenes are always changing, <laughs> especially now.
1: Yeah, it's certainly an artistic town, for sure. It's, yeah. it's very artsy there.
0: Yeah. But,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, whenever we have guests come in um, to visit Charleston – and we never go to one place. Like the agenda is always, well, we're going to start here and maybe we'll have a couple of tablets or we're going to start here with like cocktail, you know, happy hour here. And then we're going to move to here. And then we're going to, because you can't just go to one place. There's so many great, you know, places you got to move around. You got a bar hop, <laughs> you got to move. So your agenda is always like, you know, at least four, four places. And then on the way home, we might hit like one, like right, right, you know, in our watering hole. Yeah. Um, that I one know. last, we often say like, Oh, we shouldn't have stopped at that last place we were doing.
0: Good.
1: <laughs> like that last place took you us know. over the edge. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Kim, uh, what kind of advice do you have for, for couples getting married in the Charleston area? Uh, is there anything specific about the region that you would say lends itself to some particular form of adv- advice, you know, that you'd want to give them?
1: Yeah. I, for me at this point, um, I don't know if I'm the only one with this idea, but because of the pandemic, I have changed my entire view of the traditional wedding format. And this is mm. really a genuine advice to all couples as I would reverse what they're doing for their wedding. And I would plan a small, spectacular event with all the bells and whistles that they want, whatever it is, the over the top florals, the china, the linens. And I would do it for immediate family, best friends, you know, get it down to 20 people, 30 people. I'm talking like real reduced. And then the next day I would roll out with the mega party, with the truck, with the DJ, with the dancing, you know, and, and have like the big blowout for everybody, almost like reversing what some people do where they make their rehearsal dinner, like a big, you know, a big blowout type Mm -hmm. of thing. And then they have their wedding the next day. I'd almost reverse it out and say, you know what? Because the, the big, big weddings with everybody there are exhausting for the couple. They don't even remember what happened. They leave the experience like, wow, but it's, it's a very depleting thing. And when you do a smaller event, that's super intimate. You can really take in everything that happened. You can really talk to everybody. You can really enjoy the whole process. And then next day, when when you've had a chance to really soak in, we're married, you know, and my parents were here and my grandparents were here and my brothers, you know, then the next day you roll in the hundred people and like the big blowout and, um, you know, and have that kind of party. I just feel like that would be a better approach. And you don't really know that until after you do it their traditional way, where you have like the big, you know, everybody's there and you have this big event. Um, and then you go, I don't even know what happened yesterday. Like I, you know, and you you end up leaving you know, like the whole weekend event exhausted and pretty depleted from the planning of it all. Um and I figured this out because one of my big weddings ended up getting reduced to like a COVID safe 12 people. And the bride walked out of there that night refreshed and they were, you know, heading to their like honeymoon suite and they were not wrecked. She was not like, you know, dying to get out of her shoes or her dress. And, you know, I mean, they were just totally lucid and coherent and really like absorbed everything. Everybody was able to do something special for them. Um, and I just said, this is it. This is like, why have we not thought about this before it's come out of a weird set of circumstances, but mm-hmm. I think we're kind of doing this wrong. Where in, in, in an attempt to invite everybody that we love and are friends with and make our families happy and work people. And, you know, it, it waters down the actual experience for the couple because they're busy, like entertaining a large, a large group. Whereas if you, you know, put the emphasis on the the ceremony and the couple and the intimate experience. And then the next day you do the big blowout. Could you imagine like how much fun that would be? Like now you don't have to worry about like, you know, saying hi to everybody. And like, like now you can actually like enjoy your own thing because you're married, you know, it's done. So yeah. that, that's like a little bit of advice. It's not exactly your question, like, you know, where to go.
0: Um, no, no, that's great. No, I love that. That's, I was just interviewing, uh, a, one of our clients, a groom and his, his wedding was 250 people and got reduced to 35. And we were talking about the realities of that. And I said, and he said, yeah, we're all staying on site for the weekend. And
1: how fun, right?
0: Thursday through Sunday, right? They have a lot. They have on site lodging this venue that he's getting married at. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. You, you have time to really interact with those people and be, make it a very intentional gathering. Yeah. Um, but on the, to, you know, I'm a Gemini, so I'm always like flipping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sides. So like, but I love a big party. Like I want to have like, you know, a live band at my wedding. I want to have, you know, so, so I, so I see the, I see both those mm. types of events being really special and fun in their own ways. And I like how you're you setting it up by saying, hey, do the smaller intimate wedding, like maybe on the Friday.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: do all the hey, toast and do all that and get, you know, the the ceremony. And then on Saturday, we're going, you Blow know, it like,
1: out.
0: Food, <laughs> drink, music.
1: Yeah, festival party. it up.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, just think about how much fun that would be. The pressure's off yeah. for the couple. You know, they're not on. They're not, like now... Mm-hmm. They, they took in that and now, you know, the next, and I'm sure there's ways you could do it where you could have a video of the ceremony and you could, you know, share that with everybody. And, uh, cause I know some people would argue, well, I want, you know, everybody there to like watch me get married in the church. <laughs> I don't know. I Everyone like knows. That.
0: Everyone's looking forward to the party. It's not the ceremony that uh, we're Exactly. There for.
1: Everybody sits through that to be polite. They're just like, <laughs> where's, the, where's the drinks? Let's roll out with some music. <laughs>
0: I, I'm going to a wedding this weekend, and it's that's exactly what they're doing. They're having their ceremony just family before before the party. It's the same day, uh, but we're all showing up at six o'clock for the, the reception. I'm like, exactly.
1: Let's do so it. much fun. So much fun we' we're, we're, we're about out of, out of time, time but down. I, <laughs> I want
0: but I wanted to ask you, is there anything you know, I know we talked a little bit about what's in the works for you in the future with expanding your verticals and the business. Uh, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners about your business or or weddings or anything along those lines?
1: Um, I mean, you know, I would just say if you're looking to do something that's discerning that's special that um you're interested in having some storytelling go on at your event. You want it to be really reflective of who you are um as people uh and you want it to be more of an experience rather than feeding people um then you know definitely check us out uh we would love to chat um and share what we can do because that's our whole that's our whole brand that's what we're interested in doing is taking you and packaging it up and putting it back out in a culinary, you know, experience that stays with people and creates memories and creates, mm-hmm. you know, amazing pictures. And, and that's what we think life is about. Uh, I mean, I love being in an industry where you're, you're part of people's joy uh, because, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of trip ups in life and there's not too many, you know, you have to kind of balance them with like those moments of joy that are like, Yes. Like everybody is always looking for the weekend because that's where like the joy happens, where you get your free time and you can do some things. And, you know, uh, we're really interested in like capitalizing on the joy <laughs> and making those making those moments really matter and stick.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, I'm going to put your contact info in the show notes okay, so and uh, reach out to you, check out your website. And um,
1: yeah, I'm glad we connected. I feel like, woo. <laughs> We've got like, you know, a lot of uh a lot of things to chat about when you come to Charleston. So <laughs>
0: exactly. and if you're ever up in Asheville, give me a shout and you can come check out our little tasting room and see the Yeah,
1: love person. to. I would love to. I'm sure yeah. it's beautiful. Well, thanks so much for having me.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Kim. I'll see you soon.
1: <laughs> All right. Have a great day.
0: You too. Bye.